When you know that you are queer, but your favorite drink is beer, that's gayish. You can bottom without stopping, but you can't stand going shopping, that's gayish. Oh, gayish, you're probably gayish. Well, life's just too short for narrow stereotypes, so it's gayish. We're also gayish. It's gayish with Mike and Kyle. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is gayish. The podcast that supports you craning your neck around to watch me fuck you from behind. Oh, wow. That took a turn. At the neck joint. At the neck joint. <laughs> I'm Mike Johnson. Like all good bottoms, I'm Kyle Getz. <laughs> We're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality. And today... Today... Bleep, bloop, blorp, bloop. We're going to talk about Star Trek. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. Um. Luckily for me, we have brought in a a, a get, guest get trek trek guest spurt. spurt. I was trying to a trek spurt. A trek spurt. That's great. <laughs> uh, to help you have a meaningful conversation instead of trying to explain to me why I should care. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Callie Wright will be on. Uh. In in mere minutes. In mere minutes. And if you listen at one point five speed, mere minutes. Great. <laughs> uh, but first. But first. We're gonna put this at the top of the show now f- until like until it happens. So you'll be super annoyed maybe by it. Uh, no, you uh, we, uh, you're all so excited to hear about this because we're doing cool, fun, exciting things, and it's all because of people okay, listening and rewind, support. Rewind. 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 Oh. Hey, everybody, we're going on a Pacific Northwest tour, and you are invited. We would love for you to please attend one of three exciting live shows happening three weekends in a row in celebration of our fifth anniversary as a podcast. First, Boise, Idaho, March 26th. It's lovely this time of year from 4 to 6 p.m. Mountain Time at the Tree Fort Music Festival. We will be podcasting our asses off for you mm-hmm. it's going to be amazing please come to that uh, it's free it's free you don't even need, you don't need to take it to the other music festival part you can uh show up and sit down and listen if that's not good enough for you maybe portland oregon is good enough for you portland oregon is the very next weekend it'll be april 3rd at hop capital brewing it's lovely this time of it's year. lovely this <laughs> time of year uh that's what i'm gonna say about any and every live show we ever do anywhere. That is Sunday, April the 3rd at 1 p.m. Pacific time. And then, uh, oh, should we tell them the secret? I, I guess mean, that's not a secret because yeah, it's on I Instagram. Post, yeah. uh, Hop Capital Brewery is making, Hop Capital Brewing is making a gayish beer. We went and made beer with them. Yeah, we like poured things into other things. Some dude tried to explain to me things that I was like, there was I bubbling and churning. Don't need to. I don't need this information. But great, thank you. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's uh, mango kiwi pale ale. Did blonde. I s- mango blonde? kiwi blonde. Okay, yep. I was in the vicinity. Uh, which you can try at our live show on April third in Portland, Oregon. Yeah. At 1 p.m. Pacific time. And then we're ending our little tour with a stop for a live show in our hometown right here in our backyard of Seattle, Washington at the Hula Hula Karaoke Bar up in the neighborhood. Uh, also free. It's going to be amazing balls. It's on April 10th. April 10th. Sunday, April 10th at 2 p.m. Pacific time. Lovely this time of year. It is lovely this time of year. It's and rainy, <laughs> but it's lovely. Uh, and that's the day after my birthday, so you have to come support 
we're gonna sing personally Kyle. too oh fuck the, no you're not i'm leaving <laughs> the second you try to do that i'm done i leave and i go home Great. my home is not too far you're from walking there, distance so from I'm, there yep uh do me a favor you motherfuckers go to the facebook page not the group the page and find facebook.com slash gayish podcast thank you kyle yeah what would i do without you no one knows what the yeah slash gayish podcast yeah and uh indicate that you are going or are interested in any or all of those that you're able to make it to it will very much help us with planning because this is this is new for us doing events on our own without like somebody else doing all the work so yeah 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 uh, uh it would it would very much help us out please please you dirty bitches <laughs> go do it sure uh and you can go to gayishpodcast.com slash live to see all the details yeah um next next feedback slash corrections yeah i want to talk about La mama yeah i i mentioned La mama and had no idea uh someone posted in our facebook group thank you that uh La mama fucking transphobic um, so little mama, uh, talked about uh, kids these days, they're all changing genders. Um, that's precisely yeah. how she said it to, uh, yep. verbatim quote. Um, and yeah, she's, you sound just like her, me and, me and little mama. Hopefully Avril Lavigne has distanced herself from Lil Mama. I don't know that. I just made that up because it seems like something people might say. And before or after she died and was replaced. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, maybe transphobic Lil Mama is the old Avril Lavigne uh, in disguise. Wow. <laughs> so many hoops that you'd have to... Um, yeah, so uh, transphobic, she... And then when she started getting flack for transphobic comments, she said that... Uh, they need she's going to start a heterosexual rights organization because sure. they get because people get bullied all the time for just speaking their mind. Yeah. And she knows in the in her Instagram post defending herself. She's talked about how she knows she knows people from the LGBT plus community. Oh, so. the, I have a friend defense. I got a gay friend defense. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. So fuck her and um, and come see us live. <laughs> yeah. Her lip gloss is no longer popping. It's stomping. <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you for the the, the tip. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's in hard keeping to, us honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to know who we've canceled these days. <laughs> well, I I get so oh, I won't go. Okay, what? I just get annoyed at the word canceled because oh. any, anytime every, anyone's like, oh, like cancel culture, this thing. Dave Chappelle still has a show on Netflix. Like she's still going to be acting and singing like uh, cancel. Canceling is not like that doesn't actually happen, at least not to the things that people think it does. Yeah. So that's true. Yeah. All right. Little mama. Fuck off. Fuck off. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Do you uh, have anything else? Uh, not 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 in this portion. Okay. No, I'm not ready. This portion of the broadcast. I'm ready to move on to the ready news. To move on to the news. Here's the news. Shut your mouth hole. It's time for your ear holes. News, news, news. News. The first. The don't say gay or trans bill in Florida has passed the Florida House, which we knew was going to happen, and we've already talked about it on the show. But just not to be outdone, Texas said, "Hold my beer." Mm-hmm. Or my queer kids. More to the point, the uh, the asshole, dick, bad, fuck faced son of a bitch governor of Texas has uh, said, "Hold my beer." If you're gonna hold a beer, hold the gayish branded beer. Okay, Governor Greg Abbott on Friday. Nope, whenever it was last week, Tuesday, doesn't matter. Time has no meaning. 
he ordered the Texas Department of Family and Protective Services to begin investigating instances of children undergoing gender transition or gender affirming procedures as child abuse. He labeled all of those things as child abuse and ordered the CPS, basically the Texas version, the state version of CPS, to begin investigating that as child abuse. Quote, to protect Texas children, which you could do any fucking evil ass shit you want to as long as you say it's for the children, Kyle. Yeah. Starting with to protect Texas children. I'm raping this cat. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, well, well, but technically it's for the children. Yeah, right. You know, down home Houstonian dude says as he's halfway inside. Tabby. Under the directive, licensed professionals will be required to report, quote, children who may be subject to such abuse. Such procedures include reassignment surgeries that can cause sterilization, mastectomies, removals of otherwise healthy body parts, and administration of puberty-blocking drugs or supraphysiologic doses of testosterone or estrogen. And all licensed professionals in the state who directly interact with children, including teachers and doctors, could face criminal penalties for not reporting these procedures. Uh, And the general public apparently could also be subject to penalties for failing to make reports. So, like, read the most uh, open, shitty, permissive way. Just if you know that your cousin had gender uh, gender confirmation surgery it would be your duty to report it to the state or you're guilty of a crime just like their fucking abortion law Mm. god damn it but this isn't this is different in that it is not a law uh which is like uh, not trying to make anything sound great um uh it is different than like they did not pass a law to do this he like issued you know a statement an opinion to to say to do this you're mostly right you're sort of not right though oh okay because this uh governor abbott said this they made this proclamation just a few days after texas attorney general paxton declared in a formal opinion that the procedures are already considered child abuse under existing state Uh, law oh so so they're like here's how we're interpreting the law yes that already exists gotcha yeah which i mean most uh that's kind of how laws work and that's why we need a legislative body most laws could probably be interpreted to say something shitty about trans or gay people and there are a lot of states for which like they write laws intentionally to be just like don't do bad stuff Mm. (laughs) and then well, who gets to decide what bad stuff is? Yeah, yeah. Well, I do. Yeah. I'm the dude with the big stick. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, fucking Texas, Kyle. Yeah. It's, it's insane. It's, I, uh, it, I, it's, it's insane. It is, it's a, <sighs> I have family members that vote Republican and it's like your vote directly attacks the people in like your directly attacks my community directly harms my community is going to result in kids dying like very one to one this is not a indirect this impression is a negative that blah 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 this is a one to one like you're it's just going to kill kids it's it's shitty it's horrible it's gross it's i I'm like disgusted to be from Texas when this shit happens. I mean, Texas doesn't have a monopoly, Kyle. <laughs> doesn't have a monopoly on Forge. Can be disgusted on your behalf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Keep your chins up, everybody. I think that this is like... What we are seeing is the last dying gasp of a movement that knows that it is over. Yeah. By that, I mean straight people running <laughs> the world. Yeah. I hope so. Uh, news the second. Yeah. Uh, as I'm sure you have heard, uh, the, 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 the Russian military has invaded the country of Ukraine. And that is not... Here's the gayish angle to all of that. So... After this big, like, will he, won't he saga. It's like the worst kind of rom-com. The season finale arrived and he invaded Ukraine. And um, uh, this last Thursday. So so Ukrainians, a lot of them are trying to flee the country. Um, a lot of them are fighting back as well um, with, with, with the, the, the president sort of leading the charge there. And... Um, a couple of things that I just wanted to say about that. There are a lot of LGBT people in Ukraine, especially former Russians, because Ukraine had become more progressive when it came to queer rights. And there is a great deal of fear in that community right now, justifiably so, that 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 if Russians take over the Ukraine or install a puppet government, that their policies will then become more anti-LGBT the way that um, the rest of, of Russia is but also uh former secretary of state hillary clinton just today uh went on record as saying that she thinks part of the appeal of putin to republicans because a lot of republicans have been saying nice things about putin yeah is quote because he's anti-gay mm. and anti-freedom and i think that's a really interesting theory that like oh he thinks like me go go flad a lot of their values line up like it's and yeah and yeah like that before all of this that should have been a big insult that like you're on the side of russia like but they're directly like republicans are just openly being like wait i'm fine with putin like not like not roundabout but just saying i'm fine with or like i yeah. like putin or yeah he's good like it's insane it's it's insane yep Yep. Um, yeah. And I didn't know Hillary Clinton made that kind of like direct connection, though, between those things. I, I yeah. Yeah. I mean, she was uh, let's see. She was she was asked about it on Morning Joe. And she said that. Well, well OK, so first of all, part of the reason that Republicans are now all like making out with Putin is, is because of fucking Trump, right? Like yeah. he has described Putin just in regards to the Ukraine as being quote, a genius, savvy, smart, like Trump is directly praising him. And like helps that Russians got him elected. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's very useful. Like, but hardcore Trump Republicans do not have any filter whatsoever. Like yeah. whatever he says goes right into their brain yeah. and then out their mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, she, she was asked about it and, and, and she said, um, people who see Putin as a strong leader aligned with their conservative values quote are naive in such a dangerous way they somehow believe that because putin presents himself as a strong leader and on certain values that are anti-gay and anti-freedom and democracy that somehow that corresponds with the views of some members and some elements and views of the republican party they could not be more mistaken 
Um, this is heartbreaking, but it's also dangerous. And I think it's time for what's left of the Republican Party that has any common sense, not just to say, okay, go help defend Ukraine against Putin, but to stand against those people in politics and government, in the media and elsewhere, in our own country, who are literally giving aid and comfort to an enemy of freedom and democracy. Um, That's very, it's very true. Like we have talked about that with Trump, of people with a shitty old school or skewed sense of what masculinity is sees Trump and sees money screwing over people. Pussy uh, grabbing. Puss gr- <laughs> indiscriminate pussy grabbing. Like all of that, no filter on what you say. Like they, they see all that as a positive yeah. and they see that as a healthy or a good masculinity and Putin, same thing. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Fucking dickbag asshole. Um, I will. This is going to hurt Kyle. Okay. No tall Republicans. Not all Republicans, right? House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, who is otherwise a fucking prick ass shitbag, (laughs) said in a statement this week, quote, Vladimir Putin is a bad guy. He's an authoritarian. He yearns for an empire. And we need to do everything we can to stop it. Um, God, you know the bar has been reset when you're like, oh, cool. You're against Russia? Yay! Like, that Like that was a question, you know, 10 years ago right. at all. Like, yeah, yeah. man, we yeah. need to do our own version of resetting the bar our way. Yeah. We are going to forcibly make every kid trans. So right. that way, when they just let our trans kids exist, then we're like, fine. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. the middle ground. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a bunch of, bunch of Republicans that are like, it's Black History Month. Slavery is bad. And we're like, oh God, thank you. You got you really you yes, we know it. We 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 all acknowledge that slavery's bad, right? Right, guys? Oh god. Okay. Uh I thought you were gonna talk about the grinders thing that people have been saying. Oh, I don't know if it's true. Oh, I I, I don't either. I tried to I tried to verify it. Oh, you did? Yeah, and uh we'll we'll see. Okay. I'll I'll check. If it's true, I want to talk about it next week. Oh, okay. Or we so talking about wanna, it now? Fuck it. Well, here's the here's the just give the what may might be happening or people like rumors. What might be happening Rumor is uh, Vladimir Putin is livid at the fact that despite his public claims that there are no gay people in Russia, especially in the military, they are able to track Russian troop movements via Grinder. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can track where the Republicans are meeting through Grinder. That's so. true. You know when there's a uh, Republican convention. Yep. You know where the bathrooms are. <laughs> you can triangulate based on feet away. Yeah. Tap, tap, tap. Absolutely. I hope it's true. God, I hope it's true. Make me so fucking happy. Oh, uh, one last thing before I move on to news the last. Uh, there is a, uh, if you are interested in helping out LGBTIQ people who are in Ukraine and need help as a result of the Russian invasion, you can go to outrightinternational.org slash Ukraine. Uh, it is a fundraising campaign that is uh, geared for shelter and support in nearby countries um, to try to help LGBT Ukrainians um, get through this. Did you say LGBTIQ? LGBTIQ. That's huh. that's what their that's their language. I've never <coughs> I've never heard that organization of letters i feel like i've heard most like most alphabets organization on that that thing huh yeah it makes us sound smart it's hashtag lgbtiq oh whatever that means anyway 
Go give him money. Cool. News the last. And I'm sorry that it's been American politics heavy this week, kids, but there's just a lot going on. That wasn't American politics. Well, I guess we talked a lot about Republicans. Okay. Uh, As you may or may not have heard, there is a United States Supreme Court vacancy that Joseph Biden, our president, gets to nominate a replacement. And he has selected Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson to serve on the Supreme Court. Uh, She is currently serving on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit. And uh, Biden says, quote, she is one of our nation's brightest legal minds and will be an exceptional justice. Uh, And uh, she's a 51-year-old Harvard College and Harvard Law School grad. And will her confirmation now heads to the Senate. And uh, according to The Advocate, she has never issued a controversial ruling as it pertains to LGBTQ plus issues. From Interesting. The, from the bench, she has a flawless record for queer issues. Wow. Um, That's got to be rare. That has to be a newer thing that that we're finding. Like, I yeah, I wonder if you could find a, any judge 20 years ago that would have had that. Huh? Yeah, they did a rather, relatively exhaustive look into her past and the only thing that they could find was apparently she sat on the board of a school a christian private school that said that it is anti-gay so she sat on the board of a school whose website says they don't like gay people (laughs) like that's the worst they could find for her Uh, so i think we're gonna let that one go yeah yeah (laughs) Um, but uh yeah and it might come up uh, according to the 19th um um which is a, a news a news organization the 19th um 19thnews.org they think that she might face questions on her role with the school board at huh. her confirmation hearing um but yeah uh uh president biden said that he would be selecting a black woman to sit on the supreme court and by god he fucking did and for the first time ever republicans cared about considering everyone equally right yeah never before has anyone given a shit with with brett fucking kavanaugh who cares who and if we consider the right people but when it's a black woman we got to make sure everyone's treated equally yep yep yeah, that's the real racism, Kyle. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> the racism against me. <laughs> God. Um. Anyway, I'm I'm super excited for Judge uh, Justice Jackson. I, I I hope I hope her confirmation goes smoothly. Apparently, it's not expected to go smoothly, but Republicans don't have the votes to stop it. So, fucking eat that shit. Yeah, <laughs> Republicans. Yeah. They're the ones that changed the rules to make it a 50% process for mm. confirmation of Supreme Court justices. So they are now being hoisted by their own petard. Mm. Ah. That's the news. Suck my petard. Um, <laughs> I would like to thank the following people that I would nominate onto the gayish Supreme Court of justices, if that were a thing. Great. Yeah, um, let's pack that court. Not, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they'll do some kind of packing. That's for sure. Thank you to Patreon members. Localibi. Localibi. Yeah. Okay. If that's how you pronounce it, I love it. If it's not, I hate it. Um, <laughs> Sean Lambert. Okay. Sibling to Adam. Sure. Better yeah. singer. Do yeah. you know that? Um, and Patricia Johnson. Oh, I know that bitch. Is that? 
Yes, that's Ma Johnson. So what happened was, huh. she said while I was home from Murph's wedding, she said, um, I can't see your guys' stuff on Patreon anymore. So I look, it's because she's not a Patreon supporter. I don't know how she was getting it before. So I locked onto her phone and put my credit card down so she could get oh. her. I, okay, <laughs> I was going to say, we don't give her that shit. Like, I feel like when you've contributed... To some level, you get just automatic Patreon <laughs> membership. Okay. Yeah, but we, but we can't. Patreon won't let us comp it, right? Oh, interesting. Yeah. All right. No free rides, everybody. Pay your own way. Yeah. Uh, thank you to everyone. Uh, th- thank you to this batch of Patreon members, uh, particularly the one that's on the show occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the one that gave birth to me. Uh, (laughs) One out of three. We won't tell you. Um, If you want to join, get bonus content episodes. Other benefits include certain levels. Get video. You get shirt. You get to pick an episode at our highest level. Uh, Go to patreon.com slash gayish podcast. Great. Do you want to talk? Do I? About Star Trek. Yeah. So, okay, also, I, I, we didn't, I forgot to mention this earlier. Okay. This might technically be a Gap Bridger's fault. So Dusty, mm. Dusty Sands said to us a million years ago uh, when we ran into him in Yakima that Star Trek m- might be, like, what he would pick. So I'm blaming this on him. But uh, although I, like, I was the one that organized this, like, found a, I found a guest that... Um, uh, Calorate does their own podcast as well and super into Star Trek, as hopefully we will hear soon. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I was like, uh, just wanted like you to owe me one, or I don't know why I was like the one that organized and and got this going. So I don't know. Props yeah. to me for caring, I guess. Well, I, I texted him today to ask, like, can we call this episode your fault? And oh. he said, no, I don't want Kyle to hate me. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, Michael. Text you, ask you, and then do the opposite, yep. and it's your fault. And I hate you, so right. yep. I don't know. You're you're trapped. Yeah. You better give us more money. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, we're gonna talk about Star Trek. So, Star Trek is real queer, Kyle. I will. I don't know if I'll do this now or in the Patreon segment. I have. Um. I I just looked for my favorite Twitter tweets. You know, Twitter tweets, tweets that come from Twitter, uh-huh. not the other tweets, the uh-huh. Twitter ones uh, about Star Trek. And I will say my one of my favorite ones was Star Trek best gay moments. What is this? You just watch the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> that is by at uh, V-I-I-S-A-B-I-G-G-A-Y. That was Visa Big Gay. Anyway, thought that was very funny. Yeah. Is it seven's a big gay and it's about seven of nine? Oh, I don't know what the last part of, but it might be seven. Seven's a big gay. Yeah. What is that? Seven of nine is a Borg character that originated in Star Trek Voyager. She's now in Star Trek Picard, or at least was in season one. And in the very last episode, spoiler alert, everybody, uh, we discovered that, uh, well, no, it wasn't the last episode. It was the last, like, few episodes. But uh, anyway, she's she's apparently a lesbian, or, like, at least at least into chicks. Boy, we have to do a whole show where you do stuff like that to my ears. <laughs> it was so quick within that explanation that I was bored. Okay. Well, wow. All right. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. I Can we... <laughs> episode cancel <laughs> see you later don't be such a cunt Kyle. i can't i just didn't care about anything um 
uh, no, yes, that's why we're bringing you a friend to play with. <laughs> mm-hmm. Great. Uh, but you've before you've watched all the Star Trek. I twice backwards. I have now seen every single minute of Star Trek that exists. I think I'm yes, including movies, including movies. I'm caught up on Discovery. I'm caught oh. up on Lower Decks. I'm caught up on Prodigy. I rewatched all of Picard yesterday because season two starts next week. The day this episode drops, actually, it starts tonight is the premiere. That's sort oh, of why yeah. we, we coordinated it for this time. Yeah. For all those wild with excitement about Picard. Mm-hmm. Season two starts tonight. Cool. Only on Paramount Plus. <laughs> Sponsored by a mountain of content. <laughs> Happy whole toys. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, been uh, you know, this is I'm going to make it sad, gayish. Wow. Uh, my dad and I don't have very much in common, and have a really hard time finding ways to bond. And Star Trek has always been that. Hmm. So I like just having something that my dad and I both like to do together is at least half of my attraction to the franchise, oh. um, or at least how I got started on it. Interesting. Um, back in the original series days, before Next Generation was even on. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been a, a big part of my life and my identity for a really really long time. And uh, I'm I'm not like a I like Dunning Kruger. I would put myself like I know enough to know that I don't know that much about mm-hmm. Star Trek, mm-hmm. but I could rattle off a bunch of shit that's also true and and trivia ish so i don't want to call myself a super fan because they're like diehard like crazy asses out there and yeah. have you ever cosplayed as one as a as a star trek no have you ever had someone so that's not exactly true because i did dress up like an engineer and was on stage at uh at um universal studios in no paramount as an engineer, like a generic engineer or a Star Trek engineer? At the theme park in Southern California, they had a Star Trek experience thing where they would cast people. And I got cast as an engineer. Mom got cast as a Klingon. <laughs> and they put us in costumes. And so that's not like cosplaying, though. Yeah, that's yeah, just yeah. like a role. But, yeah. 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 Would you ever have someone dress up as a Star Trek character as part of sexual foreplay. Oh. Maybe we need Callie here to get everyone's perspective on this. Would I be into that? I don't know. Not sure. All right. Maybe by the end of this episode, you'll get the answer to the biggest question of this season of Gayish. Yeah. All right. Um, You don't watch. You've watched like three episodes that I made you watch. And... I've watched... Um. Uh, I've watched a handful of The Next Generation, mm-hmm. and uh, you have people over to watch uh, the newer ones where they're, you know, the ones where they're on that ship. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> Yeah, you saw an episode of Discovery just like two I've weeks seen, ago. I've, yes. And I've seen, I think I've come over once or twi- two other times. So I've seen like a few. Mm-hmm. I think I, I started to have a threesome during the... Um, uh, Chris Pine movie, like oh. the first movie that came out, and then got uncomfortable and left. So I didn't, I didn't watch the movie or have an orgasm. So hmm. you know, interesting. Yeah, that movie. The first time I saw it, I also got uncomfortable and left. <laughs> Was it threesome related or 
No. Oh. Uh, unfortunately. No, it, it was J.J. Abrams related. <laughs> Wait, really? Those, like, I love all Star Trek, and I would put those movies at, like, the bottom of my list of things I care about. Suck it, J.J. Abrams. <laughs> yeah. Lost was only okay, too. Ha! Got him. Okay. Lens flare. Do you want to take a break? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Who is who is this person? Callie. <laughs> Callie. Great. We're going to talk to Callie. Yeah. Callie uh, is the host of Queer Splaining uh, and a uh, uh, big Star Trek fan, at least according to their uh, Twitter. So we'll hear a little bit more and get the get the full deets. Awesome. Sure. Let's take a break. Let's take a break. This is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. So are we back? We're back. We're back. <laughs> we are here with Callie Wright, the host of Queer Splaining. Um, I uh, Callie read on your uh, Twitter that you are a super okay roller derby player. I am. I am indeed super the okayest. In fact, wait, what's your roller derby name? They're my favorite things in the universe. <laughs> I think next to Star Trek, Ursa Mame her. Ursa Mame her. I love it. Is there anything gayer than roller derby? That feels very gay to me. I know we're about to talk about why Star Trek is super gay, but roller derby is pretty mean, gay, right? I mean, literally gay sex might be gayer than roller derby. Um, question. But, I question that. But I, Listen, yeah. I said may. I said may. may. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and your location that you say on Twitter is... <clears throat> I would like to try to go first pronouncing this. Oh my god, please do. Yeah, that's not no, that's not <laughs> it at all. <laughs> I looked it up and it's a Star Trek thing, right? It is definitely a Star Trek thing. What? And I gotta say, I I so admire that you just went for it, even though it was um we're just we're friends here and I can give you honest feedback, not the best. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, my pronouncing that wrong is going to be the least bad thing i do today so that's totally fine wait how do you say it and what is it oh yeah i i should have gotten that yeah of course how <laughs> come on get your life together <laughs> wait, uh, what is that that's chronos right that's how you say on chronos in klingon klingon yeah okay the klingon homeworld I, there are going to be so many questions where I decide if I like, do I want to ask you what Kronos <laughs> is? Like, do I care? Like, you know, there, I'm going to have this just entire this entire time. I guess in the Star Trek episode, I could ask, what is that? They have you know, two dicks. Honestly, you, like, maybe you want to care about that. Oh, uh, now I'm yeah. interested. <laughs> now I'm invested. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. And and here here's my thing. One of my favorite things in the world is shepherding people into the Star Trek fandom. Okay. And so I, my my whole thing when I'm getting to know someone who is like, oh, you know, like Star Trek seems super interesting to me, but I've never really watched it. And it's like, cool, I'm going to ask you a bunch of really weird questions to get to know you so I can curate your Star Trek experience. It's one of oh, my yeah. favorite yeah. things in the world to do. Oh, yes. wow. Yeah. What are the like, how do you guide people? What do you what do you need to know to guide people to the right Star Trek vehicle i i very much want to hear you dial <laughs> kyle into star trek so this is gonna be great yeah i mean it, it depends a lot on someone's personality and what other like like what sorts of things are you into media wise like tv shows comic books podcasts any of that sort of stuff um we're just man, doing this live I, now this is great i'm stoked yeah, yeah. and it's funny because it's like once someone asks you what do you like then you're I'm like what do i don't know bob's what I burgers like. and grace anatomy i watch <laughs> i watch a lot of bob's burgers <laughs> i just finished watching search party and that loved that show um i 
uh, I think one of the best uh, gay podcasts out there is Gay Future. Um, uh, what 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 other things do well, I? Here's the thing: if you're a Bob's Burgers fan, I can predict okay. that you would like Lower Decks. Okay, which is the uh, the animated uh, cartoon Star Trek. That uh, to be honest, I was uh, surprised to find a lot of people who have never seen Star Trek before love Lower Decks <laughs> because a lot of the humor in Lower Decks depends on like Easter egg, sort of like insider Star Trek knowledge. But uh, my wife, very casual Star Trek fan, like she's watched it with me sometimes. She likes it, uh, but not as into it as I am. And she got maybe a third of the like in jokes and still thought it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've talked to like four or five people now that said that uh, that Lower Decks was actually their entry into the Star Trek fandom. That they were just like, oh, you know, like I saw a preview and I thought it looked really funny. So I figured I'd give it a shot. And now like now I'm interested in all of the other series. Mm-hmm. Um, so just that little tidbit tells me okay. maybe give give Lower Decks a shot. Okay. Okay. Other things you need to know about me, just, just you know, for you to know me, is I'm very popular. I think everyone <laughs> really loves me. That's great. I'm the, I'm the most handsomest. What else? Um, oh I'm fun goodness. at parties. No, none of that's true. Um, okay. I mean, you give off those vibes, so that's like, it's not, uh, a, not oh, a hard thing to believe. Best guest ever. Let's talk about me instead of Target Subject. No, no. Okay. Let's let's back up a little bit. And uh, what is it about Star Trek? Why are you such a fan of Star Trek? Oh gosh, uh, this is a very deep question. Okay, and it uh, initially it was just very much like I'm a nerdy kid. There are aliens, there <laughs> are spaceships, and I'm just interested in technology and all of that sort of stuff. It was very like superficial. I'm a nerdy kid, sci-fi stuff. But the more I started to watch it, the more I started to get into like, oh well, there's like some serious stuff happening here, mm-hmm. and. This is like right around the time in my life where I start to kind of figure out that I'm queer and trans, but very much before I had any of the vocabulary to describe those things. But I definitely got the sense that, you know, in in the the world that I lived in and the social circles that I lived in, there were parts of myself that I could never share with anyone, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Anything that took me outside of stereotypical boy territory was not an okay thing to express to anyone, right? But in Star Trek, I saw a world where it was like, you know what? Like, if I lived in that world, it probably wouldn't matter. Mm -hmm. People would probably be cool with that, right? Yeah. And so... a really big turning point for me was the episode, the outcast, uh, which uh, meant to be a gay allegory. And they just somehow stumbled into a trans allegory without meaning to. (laughs) Um, And like the quick synopsis is like the enterprise runs into this race called the Janai that are androgynous. They don't have gender. They don't have sex. Right. And uh, not only did they not, did they not have these things, the idea of sex and gender is like very backwards and taboo in their culture, um, which like hashtag gender goals for me. Anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wasn't there at the time, but that's where I am now. Um, and uh, and so it turns out that there's like 
subcultures of people that do have gender and do have sex and they have relationships with each other and these people get forced into this like weird alien 24th century version of conversion therapy right yeah um yeah. and i'm watching all of this with only the vaguest idea of who i actually am right like mm-hmm. i don't know that i'm tra- like i know that i'm trans on some level but i don't know I don't know the word for it. I don't know that that's like an experience people in the world have because mind you at this point, when I see this episode, I may be 10, 11, 12 years old, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kind of had the vaguest sense that like, Oh, that person is different. I think maybe in the way that I'm different. Mm-hmm. And not only is everyone on the enterprise cool with that, like commander Riker is willing to like risk his career and risk his life to save this person who's being yeah. treated badly because of the way they're different. And it became very valuable to me in that way in sort of uh, giving me a, like an aspirational world uh, to sort of live in, in my imagination where like all the ways that I'm different, like that's, that's all okay to be. And uh, I guess the other big dimension to it is that I grew up without a dad in my life. Uh, my dad ran off as soon as he found out my mom was pregnant and uh, my stepdad, I don't think he's a terrible person. We're just very different. We never got along. And so, you know, I'm grateful to him for like working and putting food on the table, but I never, ever saw him as a father at all. Um, He was just like the guy that took me to football practice and made overdone steak on the grill sometimes. (laughs) Um, and so Captain Picard kind of became a surrogate father for me in that way. Uh, and then, uh, and then, uh, I think Captain Sisko kind of usurped that when I got into uh, deep space nine. Uh-huh. Well, one thing I, I did look at and saw the, the, the outcast mentioned and something that happened at the end. I read that Soren, the, the character you're, you're talking about, um, had to undergo treatment to cure her t- of her feelings of yep. femininity that like you mentioned, like the conversion therapy, they, she had to face this kind of unfortunate thing that a lot of queer characters have to face, which is the, the shitty thing, like having to go undergo and just be put back to what, how people think you should be. I, I would add a layer to that. There's, there's a scene, there's a scene, not quite the end, but, but t- towards the end where, where she, she gives this speech in front of a, a bunch of people about, I am female is, uh, is the, uh, the line that she says. And it's really, it's, it's deeply moving because she's, she's, she's coming out mm-hmm. to this agender society as n- no, I'm gender exists for some people. I'm one of them and I, I am female. And then they come down hard on that. Mm-hmm. Right. And she gets pushed into this, conversion therapy and it, and it makes me think a lot about how like when people are just really committed to being queer phobic or transphobic uh it's just it, it just doesn't seem to matter like how well you express the the like foundational humanity of yourself in who you are or the way that you love other people and it uh it, it makes me so <laughs> It makes me so mad sometimes when people are like, you know, people are homophobic and you just have to like love them out of being hateful. Like that's a thing you can realistically do. (laughs) And like, that's not to say that's never happened, right? Obviously, you know, there are stories of all kinds like that. But, you know, I just think about all the times that I've tried to have those conversations with people where I really just like 
put it all out there, right? And I, I share like my pain and my trauma, everything that I've been through and how much my life improved when I came out and went on hormones and had bottom surgery and all that sort of stuff. And I'm like, you understand, like I was on the verge of dying, literally dying. Like if, if I was not able to do this, there's a really, really good chance I would be dead right now. But now I am a mostly happy, fully realized person that knows myself very well and has a, a community of amazing people. And I get to do all this cool stuff and lead this cool life. And you're telling me that somehow like, I would be better off if I was not allowed to be this thing, if I was not allowed to marry my wife, if I was not allowed to have bottom surgery, if I was not allowed to access hormone treatments or build community with other queer and trans people. So you're like, you're literally telling me that I'd be better off if I were dead because then like, you know, at least God wouldn't be pissed about who I am or whatever. And I've just so many times I've had that conversation with people and it just, they don't, they don't budge on it. Right. Uh, they try to find some way that that's not a morally abhorrent thing. <laughs> um, and that's what I always think about when I watch that episode. And in fact, I still get emotional when I watch that episode. I've seen it dozens of times at this point in my life. Yeah. You know, specifically for that reason. Like when I'm doing a casual next gen rewatch, I usually skip that episode for that reason because it's just like, it's still, it still gets me. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was going to ask about kind of that outcome for that character and being exposed to after all of this, after, you know, that speech to, to people getting kind of a, a shitty outcome. How, how do you feel about that? I, I, initially, I was thinking like, oh, that feels like it could be bad. Like, oh, like you may face rejection. But you're talking about that feeling actually a little bit like kind of representative of your personal experience. So I'm, well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of a, of two minds about it. Right. Because it is very realistic fucking in the real world. Sometimes the bad guys win. Yeah. 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 Very often the people who hate us and want us to go away win and they gain power and mm -hmm. uh, their propaganda is successful. And, uh, and I think it's really, really important that we not shy away from that fact, because if we if we just pretend like that's not a thing and we continually tell ourselves like love conquers hate every time, like that's just not fucking real life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But also, I, uh, I, I think the sort of knock on harm of that is is the idea that there is a, there is ever a world in which something approaching conversion therapy actually works and like actually changes the way someone feels about themselves and the way they relate to other people. Um, mm. because yeah. you know, I, I'm always loath to tell people their own personal experiences are wrong, but I mean, there's just no good reason to think that if someone is gay, you like, you can go through some kind of therapy and all of a sudden become not gay. Right. And, so yeah. many people that say that that's their life experience a couple of years later, they find out, you know, you find like, no, yeah, sorry. I was lying to myself the whole fucking time. Yeah. Ran the uh, center for conver conversion therapy and was like fucking dudes all over the place. Right. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, I, I worry a little bit about that. Yeah, um, yeah. but also like, you know, in an alien world, 400 years from now, who knows what kind of fucked up things it can do to your brain. And that's scary. <laughs> yeah. That's I, wow. I, I, I totally agree with you and, and didn't really th think about that angle of it. There is a certain amount of like, take a step back and just look at production value. When you're looking at episodic television that is going to be in syndication, you have to move the pieces back to the default s setting right, yeah. like where the board starts. So that 
the arcs are actively discouraged, especially in older TV. So right. Commander Riker is 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 in love with this woman. Well, she's not going to stick around for more episodes. Like their relationship right. is not going to turn out great because he needs to be single again for the next episode. Mm-hmm. And um, so, how do you then, you know, have a happy ending for that character that doesn't involve her being with Commander Riker? Right. Have the conversion therapy work? That's like one one way to do it so that's that's what they do and there's other examples of that too like i think about um like when 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 dr crusher falls in love with odon the trill oh yeah (laughs) and and then at the end he ends up in a female presenting body and and then now she wants to continue the relationship with dr crusher and dr crusher has to reject her and says ultimately that it's not about it's not about the fact that that she's a, a woman now, but but that uh, the change is too much for her. I think is what how how she how she postures it. But boy, is again, that relevant to the training experience? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but 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 again, you know, we Odon needs to go away because Doctor Crusher needs to be back to default yeah. setting for the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or I'm, I'm reminded also of like uh, when Loaxana falls in love with uh, Timison, the the dude that is from that planet that kills everybody when they turn 60 or whatever and uh same kind of thing like they could have been together he could have left his people and gone and been with loxana but now now there's this other character floating around and instead he goes through the resolution and ends up dying right and and who is loxana if she's not like thirsting after a random man when she's in an episode (laughs) like that's just just who she is yeah her and odo was just flat creepy but anyway go ahead ahead. no honestly (laughs) Okay, this is a, a tangent from the point, but I loved Loxana in DS9. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like, I revert to a liquid state every 16 hours. And she's like, that's okay, I can swim. Yeah. All right, okay. <laughs> All right, honey. It's kind of romantic. Was, like, right? See? Thank you. <laughs> I don't yes. know any of the details, so you might be like, and then like they killed each other. I don't know. No, like, just, I don't know no, anything just, that happened about it. Just but. know that you're correct. It's oh, fine. oh, yes. <laughs> I love being accidentally right. Okay, uh, it's funny. I I wrote. I like looked up shit to ask y'all about and then i figured yeah i would say things i would kind of piece out in my mind while like whatever happened out here because i'm not going to remember <laughs> but like so for some of these i have like bullets and details and then i just have one that says trill uh, mike has oh, told me enough yeah. about trill that i could i thought i could just say trill and kick back and, yes and you, yes, you already you kind of had that reaction of like relevant to the trans experience so i'm curious to hear more hear more Trinous. from you about trill yes not a piccolo noise uh yeah so for anyone listening not familiar the tldr version is that the trill are a species where uh, a certain number of them carry these things called symbionts that carry the memories of past lives right so like if i have a symbiont it has all of my memories and then when i die the symbiont can get passed to someone else and they have all of my memories plus all the memories from the past hosts and God, I'd be um, so sorry whoever got mine. I'm so sorry for what I did with this life. <laughs> so sorry you have to keep it going. Yeah. Actually, my thought was that sometimes I feel like my luck is so bad that I would get selected for joining, but I would be the first one. So I'd oh. get a symbiont. <laughs> it would be super badass to have a symbiont, but I would get none of the benefits of having memories of past lives. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there, um, there's a plot line about that, by the way. In, in Deep Space Nine, uh, Jadzia's symbiont is put into a murderer. And yes. now then she has to live with that the rest of the her life because it gets put back. There's magic that happens. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um 
What well, in so the idea being that like you know you have the memories and life experiences of all of these other people before you of of all kinds of different peoples and genders and walks of life and occupations and and sort of life dispositions and stuff. And so there is something to be said there about the trans experience in that, like, you know, how does that make you feel about your gender when you, you are not only different and like in a different body, but also kind of in a different mind. Right. And like, what does that change about you when you have all of the, these memories and experiences of past lives sort of integrated into your being, um, you know, does that make you an entirely new person? Is that like you plus something? Um, and there's there's a few episodes that explore that really, really well. And it's it, it's another thing that's sort of an interesting commentary on the way that like Star Trek has both been very successful and sometimes failed horribly in uh, representation. Mm-hmm. In that, like a lot of times, the 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 characters that they use to do commentary on aspects of humanity that are different are almost always aliens right Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so if there's like gender fuckery going on it can't be in a human because humans don't do that right Mm -hmm. which is like that is a way to get it past the suits in the (laughs) mid to late 90s but that also leaves a lot of us feeling like oh okay humans don't do that so does that just mean that I'm not one? I guess yeah. because my experience is so different. Well, um, I was gonna I was gonna argue with you and point out that Adira in Star Trek Discovery is human, but they are also a trill. Uh, they have a, they have a symbiont. So yep. like even you're, you're, if if that counts as being alien, then your theory still holds, right? Well. But also I would point out that Star Trek is – we're 56 years into Star Trek and Adira was introduced a year ago. Right. <laughs> a year and a half yeah. ago. For sure. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean also, you know, think about uh, Data, right? And there – you know, I have so many autistic friends that see themselves in Data, right? Mm. Um, and it's like, like I know plenty of human beings that are just as confused by the majority of other human beings as Data was, right? <laughs> um but you can't you can't be a human and be that different, right? You, there there has to be something that explains that difference about you. So, oh, you're an android with no emotions. Oh, that means you don't get social stuff. Um, and then you know, a bunch of my autistic friends are like, oh yeah, Data's obviously autistic, like because that's exactly <laughs> how I experience the world, right? Uh, but then that also again sort of has the knock on effect of being like. Because uh, you know, there's like really harmful stereotypes about autistic people, like they're robots or whatever, right? right. Um, and so there's there's sort of a like a duality there of like it's really cool to see yourself, uh, but it's also uh, sometimes doesn't feel the best the way that it the way that it works out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did we talk about the trill enough, Kyle? I don't. Oh, I I had no <laughs> I have no I can't judge that, and I have no need for answering that. I just I put it out there, and you all said stuff, so that's what I I got what I needed from that. Trill also have spots, and I love spots. And if I ever have fuck you money and know that I'm never going to need traditional employment again, I am absolutely getting trill spots tattooed from my forehead all the way down to my feet. Excellent. Just going to be a thing. spots. What are they have this like like tiny leopard pattern looking spots that like that go all the way down their body oh and and, And that's like their neck right because again you know early mid late 90s right the the makeup budgets and and this is you know a weekly sci-fi show that's the you know it's not 
they don't have the budget. They didn't have the budgets like they have today. Yeah. And right. so some of the makeup has to be a little bit more uh, easy to do. Uh, they had the budget for a black pencil. like <laughs> black, <laughs> Right. Exactly. Like eyeliner exactly. Uh, and they also, this is an interesting thing they talk about in the fandom too, because the, the trill that we were talking about, Odan, that Dr. Crusher falls in love with, uh, had one of those very much like alien forehead of the week kind of things going on. Um, it was just like, oh, this person's forehead is different than the average humans. I bet they're an alien. Mm-hmm. Um, and they tried that makeup on Terry Farrell during the test, uh, during like test shooting of Deep Space Nine, and she didn't look great with it. And so they were like, cool, we're just going to make the trill look different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's how they got the spots. Although, have you, have you heard the theories that that like, explains the in canon differences between Odin and the other show that we've seen? Like, like Odin's symbiont took over Riker's body, like controlled his body. This was not like a... That's it, true. It, it, yeah. it, it, was, it was far more of a, like, a, a parasitic kind of a relationship instead of a symbiotic one. And and uh, the, the, the consciousness transfer fuckery was, wasn't present. Anyway, I've, I've heard the theory that like, the reason Odin looked different is because he's a different kind of trill. And I, yeah. I, I very much subscribe to that. And it makes me like Jedzia more. Well, and also like as a, as a species that is in some ways so foundational to Star Trek, we, we really don't know a ton about their society, right? Yeah. Uh, like we know that most Trill want to be joined and can't. We know that uh, more Trill can be joined than is generally known because they don't want the symbionts to become commodities and there aren't enough symbionts to go around. Mm-hmm. Um, we know their planet is like bluish purplish mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we don't really know much else about how their society works. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I think, I think there's some interesting exploration to be done there. Glowy cave pools. Don't forget glowy the glowy cave, cave pools. pools. Yes. I, we cannot forget the glowy cave pools with the, <laughs> the weird, the weird people that tend them. Yeah, the guardians. <laughs> um, I already heard y'all mention Adira. I want to yes. see if in Discovery you can tell me the five explicitly queer characters that are part of the main cast. Sure. Uh, we got Adira. You, Adira. Yeah, Adira and Gray. And Gray. Gray. Yeah. And uh, Hugh. Hugh Culber. Mm-hmm. And Paul Stamets. Yep. And Jet Reno. Yep. Uh, Those are all the ones that were in this article. So if you have more. Okay. <laughs> You're, you're the more up-to-date article then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I just – you could argue – I don't know if Jet Reno counts as part of the main cast because well, she's only been in one episode this season so far. I hope we'll see her in the next one. Um, yeah. But yeah, Star Trek Discovery. Is that Tig Notaro? Yeah. Yes. That, okay, okay. Apparently Tig Notaro is just super busy. Like they, mm. they keep asking her if she'll be on more episodes. Wait, and... Busy Phillips is in this? What? You said Tig is busy. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I didn't get it either. You're, it, it, it was hilarious. I don't okay, know. Good. It wasn't, it's fine. The, the one time he made the reference that neither of us get. This is just right, like yeah, kind yeah. of puts us on the other side of the equation. Yeah. I'm watching Cougar um, Town right now, so I'm uh, I got busy Phillips on the brain. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, Jet Reno is basically Tig Notaro in Star Trek. She's delightful. Uh, and, and my understanding is that she was limited in this season because I think her and her spouse or uh, partner recently like had a kid or something like that. And they were just like super, super worried about COVID stuff. And so we're mm. just like, I'm staying home for most of this and I'll give you a little bit of my time, um, which makes me sad. But I get it. You can't be mad about it. I just I love yeah. her character uh, and I love Tig Notaro so much. 
but yeah, Star Trek Discovery is queer as fuck, and I love it so much. How do you, how do both of y'all feel about the especially like knowing the history and then the previous like seasons and TV shows and everything? How do y'all feel about the queer representation in, in the modern day? There's so much toxic cis het white dude energy in Star Trek fandom. And I drink their oh, tears. Yeah. Like they are uh-huh. so mad. They're they so are. mad. And they're they just so can't. mad. <laughs> and it makes me so happy. Like they're, uh. they're, they're large swaths of time in discovery when like the only cis straight white dude is an alien. Right. And like everybody else is something add an adjective. Right. <laughs> and, um, it, it, Whereas it's most really... of us who are part of any marginalized group are like, welcome to how we've felt the last 50 <laughs> fucking years. Like, yep. Yep. <sighs> yep. Season yeah. three and season four have been just absolutely fucking fantastic. And yeah. And- so I will say I was initially worried because, uh, you know, they came out of the gate making Discovery just queer as fuck. And what I was worried about at first is like, oh, are they just going to make Discovery the queer one and we're not going to get it anywhere mm. else? Right. Yeah. I was yeah. worried about that. Um, but I also I think at the time I didn't realize how many queer people behind the scenes were involved in stuff, um, mm-hmm. and then especially when Michelle Paradise took over as queer uh, queer runner showrunner. <laughs> I like queer runner. She's wow. the queer runner. Talk about a Freudian slip. Holy shit! Uh, when Michelle Paradise took over as showrunner, I'm a, I'm fairly sure that she's queer. Um, so you know that that's all that's all fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, we got it other places too. We got uh, we got Rafi and Seven and Picard, really fucking stoked about uh, Mariner and Jennifer and Lower Decks. Oh God, spoiler alert! Sorry, uh, should have spoiler yeah. alerted a long time ago because we're talking about newer Star Trek now. Yeah. I will say, Discovery a couple of times for me has veered a little too far into the kill your gaze thing. Mm. Um, I was fucking okay no well we've already spoiler alerted so uh i was fucking furious when culber died in the first season okay yeah sure i legitimately because i mean i was so invested in those characters right and uh the way that he dies so violently and so suddenly and unexpectedly um i legitimately like i i lost my breath when it happened and i had to like pause and collect myself for a minute um and I don't know, like they say that the plan was always to bring him back. I hope that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you but, worry that they're just saying that because they were like, oh, shit, we did that thing and now we have to bring him back? Is that the. Yeah, that's the worry that they, yeah, they just yeah. realized that they fucked up when the yeah. fandom lost their collective minds over it. Rightfully yeah. so. Uh, and they were like, oh, no, no, we're going to we're going to bring him no, back. It's going to be good. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't know. Like that's they they've said that. I, I hope that's true. Um, but then like almost all of season two was uh, for, for Colbert and Stamets anyways, was dealing with the fallout of Colbert having died. Right. And so it's like, again, we have this queer relationship where their interaction with each other almost exclusively on screen has to do with their trauma. And mm. it's like, you know, again, it's not so much kill your gaze, but traumatize your gaze. And then that's <laughs> the only story they get. Right. And in some ways, it's like, that's kind of what Discovery is, right? Discovery is a bunch of people having a lot of really big fucked up things happen to them and recovering from it. And so if they didn't have drama to deal with, that would be kind of weird too. But <laughs> mm-hmm. it would be nice if that wasn't directly related to their queerness, right? Yeah. 
Um, and I felt the same way about gray. Like we meet gray and five seconds later he dies. Yep. Yep. And he's not really dead, but I mean, he's dead. Uh, and you know, and then he's a ghost and you know, now, and like, as soon as we've got him back, he moves to trill. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. And so like, I don't know. And I, I have zero inside knowledge of this, of course, but I remember the day that they made the season five announcement for Star Trek Discovery, mm-hmm. that they were able to say like, hey, you know, we got greenlit for a fifth season. Uh, Blue Del Barrio posted a uh, frowny face emoji for a tweet on that same day. And oh. I hope I'm not reading too much into that, that they won't be on season five. Oh, wow. Interesting. I'll be real fucking sad if that turns out to be the case. Yeah. A, a frowny face emoji. This is this is what it's like to be a Star Trek fan, Kyle. Emojis yep. are everything. Yep, emojis give it all away. <laughs> Maybe they just got a bad order at their local subway. You never know. Uh, how? What else about good or bad about the queer representation? I will say that you know, so season three is where we meet uh, Gray and Adira, and we get for I think it's like the first eight episodes. Adira is called she, her, and they're like not out as non-binary when way before the season premiered, they made a big deal about like, this is going to be Star Trek's first non-binary character using they, them pronouns played by a non-binary actor. Um, But like for the first eight episodes, they're calling Adira, she, her. And I'm like, okay, that feels weird. uh, Mm. You know, knowing that they're misgendering this character, but that also tells me like, so at some point this season, there's going to be a coming out moment. Yeah. And how do you handle that in the future? Right. Uh, and there, you know, there's lots of discourse about like, you know, by that time in the future, nobody would have to come out. And so it'd be weird if there's a coming out moment. Um, but also I think, I think sometimes we give the world of Star Trek a little too much credit for it being utopian. And it's, it's not that, unbelievable to me that transphobia of some kind follows into the 24th century and the 32nd century. Um, Especially after the burn, when earth has been through this major disaster, this major cultural trauma, like people regress in situations like that. So that's not so weird for me, but I was also an earth. Earth has like this, like, like sort of hardcore militaristic feeling. Exactly. Dark evil empire feel to it when they first arrive. And, and uh, yeah, I, I, I buy that, that it might be some regressive things that happen to them, you know, politically, socially. Yep. I was watching a compilation of, queer and trans moments from throughout star trek history and one of them seemed like a modern i don't know if it's discovery because i don't know him well but it seemed like a modern day where someone corrects someone else on their pronouns and corrected from she yeah. her to that is that's was that that's the, the moment scene. you're yep. talking that's about is, yeah. yep. how how did how did that feel to you seeing that oh it was incredible i i I really don't understand why they had to wait eight episodes to make it happen. Um, But the moment itself I thought was great. And I actually, I enjoyed season three a lot more the second time through because I knew Uh. they handled that moment. Well, Um, and also I found out that uh, blue themselves actually had a lot of input into Adira's story arc. 
um, because the writers like really, really wanted to get it right. And so, you know, they did a bunch of consultation with glad on their like media stuff and, and then blue themselves had a lot of input because, uh, because blue was actually cast in discovery before they were out as non-binary to like their family. Mm. And so if I'm, if I'm remembering the interviews that I've read, right. Like, they were actually like, okay, so like I've got to come out to my family before the news comes out that I've been cast oh, in Star shit. Trek because I don't yeah. want them to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so like they kind of wanted Adira's story to mirror blues in that way, which yeah. fully respect and like wish I had done that reading ahead of time yeah, <laughs> to, yeah. Yeah. to know that going in. Uh, but it was just, I mean, it was so perfect, right? Like it's uh, Stamets and Adira, they're in engineering and Stamets is kind of like bragging on Adira about how fast they do stuff. And you just see this look on their face. And it's a look that I feel like anyone who's ever had to correct someone on their pronouns, it's a look that, that those people all know and all recognize. <laughs> mm-hmm. And even, I mean, I feel like I was, I feel like I was like half drunk while I was watching this. <laughs> and I was just like, oh shit, this is it. This is where it's coming. Because I, <laughs> because I knew that look, right? <laughs> um, That's amazing that you... And I, that's it. Wow. Well, that's what it means to have a non-binary actor play that moment because that person knows what that feels like, right? Mm-hmm. They know what that look is like. They know what living in that moment feels like. Um, and I was just like, shit, yeah, this is it. This is, you know, this is where it's coming. And and it's just very quickly like they. I've never felt like a she or a her. I've always felt like a they. And Stamets is just like, okay. And that's the end of it. And then I feel like, you know, I feel like Stamets just like used whatever Discovery has for like Outlook or whatever and just sent an email like, hey, my kids' pronouns are they, them. I'll fucking kill you if you misgender them. <laughs> Send. Because <laughs> um, after that, like it's just not come up. It's just been a very casual they, them. Um, so one of my one of my criticisms, and, I, and I'm interested in your your take here. One of my criticisms is that Anthony Rapp, at the very least, if not Stamets himself, overemphasizes they now and it, it enough that I notice and it bothers me. Do, do you have the same reaction? I don't exactly. And okay. let me ask how, how caught up are you on discovery? Have you seen the newest episode? Have. Yes. So, you know, he, he gives Adira that explanation about how he's just like, listen, I, I know I'm just going to be too much because yeah. I'm a proud dad. And, yeah. Yeah. That's that's kind of the vibe that I've gotten from it is he's just like proud queer dad just going a little overboard because that's what dads do sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's my vibe with it. Okay. Yeah, I I don't I wouldn't call that a bad take. I just don't think I fully agree with it. If that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Just, yeah. 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 It's just that overly supportive dad vibe. I'm projecting my own insecurities. Like I, I, I try, I try really hard to get pronouns right, and when I fuck them up, I feel bad. And like then, sometimes I, I find myself overemphasizing someone's pronouns when they differ from how they present traditionally, <laughs> right. right? And, and, right, and right, then, yeah. so then I, I see that in that actor or in that character yeah. or both, and it gives me discomfort about my own. Eh. I didn't have to have, I didn't have to be the, uh, you just saved me. <laughs> you just have the uncomfortable moment yourself. With that. Yeah, you do, you do sometimes, especially with they, them pronouns, you sometimes hit those kind of hard and like, and it, you know, that may be ensuring you get them right. But I I noticed that in you. So that was interesting that you noticed that in someone else. Yeah. And, and it's, it's actually taken me some time to where like, 
anytime Adira is in an episode, I have to kind of like brace myself because still hearing someone referred to casually as they, them in Star Trek is such a fucking big deal to me. Yeah. For and sure. every single time it happens, I want to start crying. Mm-hmm. And it's literally like just at this point of, <laughs> of season four now where like next week is the last episode of season four where it's like, I don't want to like lose my shit every single time it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. To bring it back to me, have you seen or watched any of And Just Like That? (laughs) (laughs) No. The Sex and the City reboot? (laughs) Oh, no. I've... uh... I've I've never really been a fan, uh, and the few people that I know that do don't have very nice things to say about the reboot. <laughs> Anything specifically about the? Uh, I have opinions about the um, non-binary representation, but like not being by non-binary, like very much recognize my like. I, I guess even uh, on news outlets that report on it, I don't know what have, have you heard things about non-binary representation no specifically? The, the friends i've had they, they've just said that they hate it and thought it was ridiculous i don't think i yeah. i don't remember reading any like specific yeah. things about like why or anything them i i know on them us they talked about like and just like that we got mediocre non-binary representation was kind of their headline of yeah. that which is like <laughs> and obviously like i can't speak to that because i've not seen the show and i've not really yeah. seen you know that discourse so i, I can't I can't opine specifically on that. Um, But I think a lot of times what gets critiqued as bad representation is more a commentary on lack of representation because there is obviously like there's no one character that's going to represent the entirety of the queer trans experience. Right. And the problem is that we have so few trans characters and so few. And I mean, the, I, I think, we're we're doing better on both sides of the equation uh but we're just so far behind on both that any representation we get feels like bad representation or insufficient representation because it's like okay well there's like one version of queerness but there's like 15 other versions of queerness that i don't see in this person and i think that can sometimes lead us to putting unfair expectations on one character to be all things queer or all things trans right um and so i think there's there's a level of it's fair to critique that but I don't think it's fair to say that like that's bad representation for that, right? Um, and I don't. I mean, I'm not one to tell people to like be patient, right? Because fuck that, <laughs> it's been long <laughs> enough. There's no excuse for us to for us to not exist in the ways that we still don't exist in media. Because there's, I mean, there's even, you know, what about what about trans men, right? Like we see uh, we see sort of like fem fem leaning non-binary people pretty often uh mm-hmm. in the the non-binary representation that exists usually centers that kind of presentation and that kind of experience or or trans women of course uh and, and very specifically usually uh white trans women white trans women very cis normative white trans women and like, I don't want to say that that shouldn't exist, right? Because those people exist and their experiences are valid, but it just seems like those are the only kinds of people that a large swath of the the media are willing to, to lift up and put forward. Yeah. But that's, yeah. we only usually see like skinny, stereotypically attractive white people in TV show and mass. Right. And so like, is that really a queer trans problem or is that more of a, 
mass media you know, yeah. structural yeah. racism yeah. structural fat phobia problem and, and it's yeah. i mean it's of course it's all of those things at the same time right yeah i it, that's interesting because that's I, I i think about this with the kill your gaze like that that concept to me part there's part of it of like i'm okay if a movie has a gay character that commits suicide but it's the fact that those are the like it, that's the only kind of thing or that it's shown so often i'm not upset that gays are dying in movies i'm upset that that's the majority of the representation if we had one in every hundred like straight people do or or whatever then like that 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 media in and on itself is not the problem and and i think you're you're speaking i i was thinking very narrowly about that one specific trope and you're helping me kind of broaden that to just how do I view media representation in general and not putting too much pressure on one thing to be everything, which I, I like that. that yeah. Approach. It's big and complicated, but I mean, also I think you can tell if people are making a genuine effort, right? Like I feel like, you know, on, on discovery and in the, the star Trek franchise more broadly, like the people who are running things now, I think really are interested in telling more broad uh, stories of of queerness and transness, right? Um, I mean, we even have, you know, again, spoiler alert, uh, you know, at the end of the last season of Lower Decks, we have uh, the enemies to lovers trope happening with the with the uh, Jennifer Mariner, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is which is fantastic. Like I've been rooting for that all fucking year, and it was so great that it happened, and and it was just it was very cool for that to feel normal. It's like we hate each other, but I'm kind of been a dick to you because I have a crush on you, and maybe <laughs> we want a date. Um, and it's like, oh, like we get to do that—that that sort of like messy TV trope, but with queer people now. That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what else haven't we talked about about queer Star Trek that we need to mention? I mean, I feel very, very strongly that we need to just, if nothing else, give a quick shout out to the gay horny space whales from Lower Decks. Great. Yes. Uh, Matt and Kevin wow. from Cetacean Ops. Yeah. I'm really excited that this is in the thing that you said I should watch because that's this is adding up that maybe <laughs> oh God, they're well, curious about them. Okay. So, so, so way back in the day, Next Generation era. There was a technical manual that was printed and came out that was like the schematics of the Enterprise. And in one of the maps, it says Cetacean Ops. And everybody's like, well, what the fuck is that? And that started this whole fandom thing of like, there are dolphins on the Enterprise that are like crew members. Like, like now humans and dolphins kick it with each other hmm. or, or other, other. It's not dolphins, it's whales, cetaceans, right? Well, yeah, but but there are there are dolphins. You're saying the word cetacean like that's a word I should know just in English. Is that an English word? It's for whales. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, anyway, so but now like that's expensive. You can't do that on a syndicated television show. You can't. And but but you sure uh, can. Did you lo- see Sequest DSV? Come well, on, they true. had no excuse. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's <laughs> they true. had Darwin the dolphin. That's true. Uh, yeah, with that horrible. Well, and voice. there are two. There are two references on screen in Next Generation to Cetacean mm-hmm. Ops. Uh, one in Yesterday's Enterprise, you hear someone being called to Cetacean Ops when uh, Tasha Yar 
and uh, Lieutenant Castillo are in 10 forward talking, you hear someone over the intercom being called to Cetacean Ops. Nice. And you can hear very clearly they're saying Cetacean Ops, but for some reason in the captions it says Station Ops. That's silly. Uh-huh. That's not what that person said. But also huh. in the episode where uh, – Oh God, what's it called? I forget the one what it's called, but uh, the episode that uh, Famke Jensen, I think is in the supermodel there. Uh, she's in stasis and they're like delivering her for this arranged marriage thing. And mm. the Ferengi are trying to steal her. And uh, the Ferengi like go after this ambassador person trying to convince him to give them this person. And Jordy like grabs one of the Ferengi and does the like wingman thing of like, Oh, I'm going to redirect you and get you away. And as the sound is fading out, you can hear him say, Oh, have you seen the dolphins? <laughs> you can hear it very clear. Like as the, as the sound is fading out. And so there's on screen references and the technical manual. And so cetacean ops has been a long running thing. Um, and they reference it a couple of times in lower decks and uh, and then we see it and we meet Matt and Kimalu, the two beluga whales who are the Cetacean Ops crew members on Lower Decks. And they're very, very gay and very, very horny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is hilarious. It's I'm, I'm really the best thing. I screamed <laughs> when I realized that's what we were doing. I screamed. I scared the shit out of my dog. And <laughs> I could see because uh, I'm watching most of it with uh, with friends over Zoom. And so, uh, and so like I've got, you know, it up on my TV and then my laptop in front of me with zoom and I'm start, I start screaming and then I can see my friends notice like, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Completely lost it. Uh, where better to end our conversation than gay horny whale ops. Yep. <laughs> yep. I agree. I agree. I mean, there, there's so much more to talk about, of course, but... we can talk about a little bit more in our, uh, Patreon segment. Okay. Uh, I have some tweets, and I'm going to read you about my favorite moment or favorite uh, uh, tweets, and oh, okay. get get your reaction on that. Okay, cool. Ooh, uh, Kelly, do you, have, you have time for that? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, okay, great. Um, so, should we take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. Let's take a break. Break. <laughs> this is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. You can start. Oh. So are we back? We're back. We're back. We are <laughs> going to do our <laughs> Thank you. We are going to do our gays and straightest. We're going to do our gays and straightest. But first, Callie, where can people find out more about you, what you're up to? Tell us all the things. Yes, I am at Callie Gets It on Twitter. Uh, C-A-L-L-I-E-G-E-T-S-I-T. Callie Gets It on Twitter. Uh, my podcast is called Queer Splaining. Uh, and you can, of course, listen to it on all of the podcast platforms in all of the places. And uh, I also have a Patreon. It's part of how I pay my bills. So if you know, if you like cool queer content, it is a, a it's a queer storytelling show. Not really anything more specific than that, but uh, I just find cool queer and trans people to tell their stories and try to give them a platform to do that with a sympathetic audience, as opposed to like mainstream media that likes to sensationalize and only tell one kind of queer and trans story, not for queer or trans audiences. Um, so yeah, I try, I try to not be the thing that annoys most of us about queer and trans stories in the mainstream media. <laughs> well, awesome. Yeah. Be sure to check it out. Um, our website is gayishpodcast.com. 
We are on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, at Gayish Podcast. Our hotline, you can send us text messages or leave us voicemails. is 5855-GAYISH. That's 585-542-9474. Standard rate supply. Our email is gayishpodcast at gmail.com. And our physical mailing address is Post Office Box 19882, Seattle, Washington, 98109. We got some stuff to open, but we'll do it next week because... to open shit. Okay. But now... But I want it now, Mike. Oh. <laughs> we can... <laughs> All right. We can open it after this. All right. Um, I hope it wasn't like a fish or something. Oh, no. No. Okay. no. A puppy. We, somebody said it's a puppy, oh, Kyle. It's, oh, it's, no. no. It's parts of a puppy. Um, I mentioned all of our tour dates at the top of the show, but just one more time real quick. We'll be at the Tree Fort Music Festival in Boise, Idaho on, on uh, Saturday, uh, March the 26th at 4 p.m. Mountain Time. We'll be in Portland, Oregon at the Hop Capital Brewery at uh, April 3rd. That's Sunday, April 3rd at 1 p.m. Pacific. And we will be at the Hula Hula in Seattle, Washington, Sunday, April the 10th at 2 p.m. Pacific. Gayishpodcast.com slash live. Great. Uh, gayest and straightest. Uh, do you, I'll go first. Okay. Okay. The straightest, do it. <laughs> the straightest thing about me this week, uh, we were headed to Hop Capital Brewery this morning to make some beer for, for that, uh, for the birthday beer, anniversary beer. And, uh, we went, we went, uh, we went to Starbucks and I got the sausage and cheddar breakfast sandwich, which I think that's the only thing that straight dudes are allowed to eat off the Starbucks menu. <laughs> Yeah, because mine was like fucking Gouda, you know, something that's like, I'm, I'm fancy cheese. Yeah. Like, it's just the most like butch breakfast option at, at, at Starbucks. Uh, the gayest thing about me this week, I don't know if you saw Kyle, but I was wearing a scarf. I did see you wearing a scarf. (laughs) Fantastic. Yeah. It had colors. Had my, (laughs) had my scarf on the whole day. Um, how about you? Go for it. Uh, my ga- I thought you were going to use making beer as. Uh, I thought just, that's where he was going to. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna save this one for next time because it's still gonna be gained straight next week. Uh, okay, great. My my uh straightest is making beer. Sure. Uh, yeah. B- but you know, making beer is like every straight guy's fantasy. Like, and the gayest part is, oh, like, of course, it is a mango kiwi blonde because they were Out like we got to make something standing. that kyle, <laughs> we got to make something that kyle might like and of course still like being the one there that everyone's like oh look it's hops as if i'm supposed to like that hops are bad and they smell bad and i don't want to put this into this <laughs> liquid and make it worse i just and, yeah um this <laughs> That's fine, Callie. What about you? Okay, so the the straightest thing that I've done in recent memory, I'll just cop to the fact that it wasn't this week, but the straightest thing that I have <laughs> done like lately was paying attention to the Super Bowl. Oh. Ooh. Um, because I live in Cincinnati, and the Cincinnati Bengals were in the Super Bowl. And even though I don't – I mean, I – I can kind of appreciate the game of football. I don't really care that much about the NFL. Uh, but like my city was in the Super Bowl, so it was fucking inescapable. And basically the entire city of Cincinnati shut down, like restaurants shut down, gas stations closed, oh. all this sort of stuff. It was like a whole thing. Um, and so even though I wasn't watching it, I was actually watching Star Trek while it was on. But I would like, <laughs> I would kind of stay, I was like, well, okay, I mean, I do kind of wonder if they're winning. Yeah. So I'd pull out my phone, just like look at the score. Uh, and apparently they were winning until like the very last minute and lost which um, I don't know. I mean, I'm sad for my friends that care about it um, <laughs> because I like it when my friends are happy about stuff. I don't know. Yeah. God, 
when I was in college, I di- I hated going to the football games. I went to school in Texas, but I hated going to the games. I only cared if my team won because my friends would come home happy and we'd have fun and drink and stuff. Yeah. And when exactly. they lost, they'd be sad and I would rather have my friends happy. They would still drink though, right? Yeah. But there'd be like sad <laughs> drinking and like then we'd just go to sleep. at Like it was, yeah. Uh, and a gayest thing I've done, uh, and this was actually just a couple of days ago, was uh, sitting at a table uh, with a, a group of my roller derby teammates and telling them completely uncensored stories of all of my sexual ex- escapades of the last few months. Because uh, the other gayest thing about me lately is that I am living out my best slutty life in yes. my mid to late 30s as opposed to my early 20s. <laughs> Excellent. Do you have any slutty details that you're willing to drop on us now? <laughs> I had my first threesome at Okay, I won't I won't give personally identifiable details. I had my first threesome and the other two people involved, one of them was a guy who was doing uh, Captain Kirk cosplay. And oh. the other, the uh, the the girl who was in it was uh, fully made up as a Klingon. Excellent. And I may, may not have said vulgar things in Klingon while things were happening. Excellent, excellent, excellent. This is excellent. I'm so glad you drilled into this question. Yes, <laughs> we're cutting the full episode and just playing this portion <laughs> on maybe on repeat for like. Yep. Wait, what are? Can you say some of the dirty things in Klingon? <laughs> What are dirty things? <laughs> so uh, a, f- a fun one that you might be able to say that I oh. that I, I sometimes use is hichop, and that is a command saying "hit me." Oh, oh shit! Definitely need to write this down. Yeah, well, what's Klingon for choke me? That's yeah. one Kyle really wants. That's <laughs> true. Oh, I, I don't know the word for choke oh. off the top of my head. I know there is one, but I, I, it's not coming to mind uh, for me. <laughs> no worries. I'll just have to say uh, it in English. So yeah, that and, and also, like, later that same night, ended up hooking up with someone else in an abandoned bar in a casino. Nice. Wow. Yeah. This needs to be our next episode. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Um, See, the problem is, it's like I'm a super open book, and I'll talk about this kind of stuff with anyone. But I don't know how discreet the other people want to be, and so I don't mm-hmm. want to like violate yeah. their boundaries or anything. Yeah. Totally. Well, it, the good thing is, usually I don't know first names, so I don't have any like <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't violate any of their yeah. personal identifiable yeah. information. Like they had a cute torso on Scruff. I don't know what you want me to say. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, those are perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Of course. Thank yeah. Thank you. Uh, Kelly, thank you so much for being on and nerding out with me. I really appreciate it. I think Kyle even enjoyed it, which that takes some doing. Um, yeah, I mean, I was like in and out. There are some moments where I was in and out and, you know, that's <laughs> par for the course, though. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I think you did a great job. And, uh, you, and <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> um, I would also like to thank our super gap bridges, Josh Copeland, Forrest Nail, Patrick Martin, Anonymous, James Barrow, Explosive Lasagna, Christopher Farrell, Jamie Pugh, Kevin Henderson, Tipsy McStumbles, Donald Linsky, Thomas B. Dusty Sands, A.E. Coleman, Chris Catch, Dorian Jerome, York, Cian, and Javi. Um, thank you all. We appreciate you. We appreciate your money, your patronage, your patronage. And yeah, check out Chris Planning. Yeah, that's it. This has been Gayish from the Chris Catchatorian Studios. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. Until next week, be butch, be fabulous, be you. See you next week. See you next week. Cling on by. <laughs> <laughs>
Fuck, boys. I'm surprised we're not taking a break right now. Letter Kenny fans, anybody? <laughs>